0: We can't do a masterclass on Google Ads without getting deep into keyword search ads. So prepare to get the latest tips and tricks for your Google search ads. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow
1: your profits.
0: Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method, email, SEO, Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is our masterclass on Google Ads. We've already put three episodes live, each looking across the whole Google Ads platform. So we've covered how to build the ultimate conversion funnel, exploring how to get the various parts of Google Ads to work together for maximum return on investment. We have looked at automating your activities for greater success, lower costs, and less time managing it all using a tool that works across all ad platforms, not just Google Ads. And we've talked about getting started with Google Ads and the latest optimization tips with a best-selling Google Ads author called Andy Spiegel. Now, in this episode... And the final one coming up next time in the masterclass, we're getting focused. Next time, it'll be Google shopping campaigns. And this time we're all about keyword ads, the bedrock of the Google ads platform. So prepare to learn the latest tips and advice on keywords, keyword match types, keyword sculpting. We're talking text ads, goals, automations, We're covering a lot, so uh, get ready. We're going to meet today's guest expert in a moment, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the email and SMS platform built just for e commerce brands. If you're marketing an e commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O ocom masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Google Ads expert, Alex Hogan. Alex is head of marketing for PushOn, which is a full service e-commerce agency specializing in Magento, SEO, and paid media. So he gets to work across a range of e-commerce brands every day. And he has over 10 years experience driving e-commerce sales with Google Ads. Hello, Alex. Hello, Chloe. Great to have you here on the show. How did you get into the crazy world that is Google Ads?
1: So, um, yeah, I guess like a while back now, first started working agency side, actually straight out of university. In fact, I actually think that there was like a brief crossover period where I was studying marketing degree in Edinburgh and then decided I need to get in on this as soon as possible. So I ended up working for a, for an agency based in the city center of Edinburgh for about a year and did a bit of everything, really, as you do when you kind of first go agency side. Did a bit of SEO, did a bit of PPC, did a bit of paid social. And that kind of led me down a route where I was like, look, I quite enjoy data. I quite enjoy seeing results quickly which meant that i kind of like started favoring towards ppc really um and then from that i ended up I, well historically got a bit of an interest in fashion always really been into fashion always kind of being into the kind of like everything behind it from like buying it understanding how a customer works how understanding why customers buy stuff and then also generally wearing clothes uh, which <laughs> helps And an opportunity came up, basically in my where I used to work on a on a shop floor, a company called Exile in in Edinburgh as well. It's a fashion company which is now owned by JD, and ended up working there, kind of overseeing a lot of their digital strategy for for just over a year. And again, I think it was kind of like I was working across quite a lot of channels, working along ppc seo again a lot of blog writing and stuff like that and then i decided right i need to take the plunge and really kind of home in on on one discipline and decided to go to where i would biasly say is becoming the the hub of digital which is in manchester and took the plunge and ended up moving to manchester working at push on as a ppc exec and then essentially worked my way up through the ranks and now head up the company not company, the, the actual the department. Yeah, we better correct
0: that. Otherwise, Simon will be emailing emailed. <laughs> <like>, what? <laughs> Simon is Alex's boss. Yeah. I should say. Um, cool. So, you, you, I love the fact you got that wider experience before diving in because I think you know it's so until you get your hands on the tools in digital marketing, you never really you can't predict what someone's going to respond to. And I know when I used to run my marketing agency, we'd we'd always try people out on lots of different things early on to see what resonated with them, what they enjoyed, rather than just, oh, you can do that, you can do that forever. It's such such a good idea to get that breadth and then specialize. Well look, Alex, um we are here to talk about the keyword ads part of Google Ads. So keywords, text ads, peering on the Google search results to drive our sales are keyword ads still relevant for e-commerce brands today? Can we still get results this way?
1: I think so. And I hope so. I think that as much as, as shopping kind of like dominates the conversation at the moment, I think that search ads still have a massive relevancy to Customer journey. I think that's the the main thing, isn't it? Really, like when before kind of Google Shopping was so dominant, the way that we drove people to e commerce stores online was via search ads. And people are searching for stuff, and they don't necessarily want to land on a product page. They they'll be wanting to engage with category. And without search ads and without a search ad structure in place it is really tough to send people to category page. In fact, you can't really do it. You can only send people to, to product pages. So I think with when it comes to strategy and when it comes to understanding where you want your customer to land on your website without a proper, well-set-up, well-thought-out search strategy in place, you're potentially always going to go to low funnel and miss out everything at the top. So 100%.
0: Yeah, if you think if anyone who has like a physical store can put themselves in the the role of, you know, you think of the the customers coming through the door, not that many of them as they walk in, come in, you know, in a shoe shop, they don't come in and go, I want the cherry red eight hole DMs, which is actually a terrible example. because People do go into a shoe shop and go, I want the cherry red eight hole DMs. Um, But, you know, lots of customers go into the shoe shop, the majority go into the shoe shop going... I think I want some trainers today, or I think I want some high heels, or I think I want some boots or some flip-flops and they may come out with other things. So to just go after the the shopping very, very, very end of the funnel is definitely a missed opportunity. So so what is working? What should we be testing with our keyword ads at the moment?
1: I think the what's working at the moment is primarily everything that well automation has really helped. Like automation has helped us maybe put a bit more of an efficiency on what is quite a high funnel technique. It's allowed us to kind of allow Google to automate a lot of what it does towards actually generating a ROAS out of out of search, which again, if you think about it from a, a funnel perspective, you wouldn't expect to necessarily have your search ads working towards a ROAS target. It might be working towards an impression-based strategy or it might even be working towards, probably predominantly working towards a a, a kind of maximizing clicks. But I think what's working well at the moment is you can now gear up, and you have been, I guess for a while, being able to gear up your search ads towards actually driving a strong ROAS and making them efficient. And as Google will say, and I think a, a lot of what Google is saying at the moment is they're making... PPC, and they're they're making search even more automated, which means that, as they say, you can focus more on doing other stuff, like improving your your landing pages, which is ultimately going to help your conversion and and things like your quality score. So, I I certainly think that.
0: So, Alex, is is what you're saying that someone like me who doesn't trust uh, Google's automation Part, or, or, you know, it's been a while, I'll be honest, everyone, it's been at least a year and a half, if not longer, since I've actually managed a Google campaign myself. So we are talking a few years back, hugely suspicious of the automations. But what we've been hearing again and again this month, and previous to that, is that those automations are working. They are enabling you to do more with less time and better creative. So automations is quite a broad term in the Google space. So which automations are you specifically finding useful in your keyword ads at the moment?
1: So let's say two of them, really. The, the, the kind of, again, focus around maximizing conversion value is obviously a, a great one to do. It's, it's, it's something that you can... Essentially, allow to make you more revenue. Same with maximizing conversions and then setting a cost per acquisition to it. But I think what's what's super important around that is it all ties in with what your business objectives are. So, like I like I was saying before, like when we're talking about taking someone into the the shoe shop, you can use Google Ads to take as many people into the shoe shop as humanly possible at the lowest cost possible by setting like a CPC target um, in place and using a maximize clicks strategy. So I think that that, that's one of the really cool things. And I think that's one of the useful things that automation is bringing. But I am the same as you, like I'm, I'm someone who really, really, really struggled to give Google, the, Google the keys. I want uh, yeah,
0: to totally. be in control
1: of my bids. Totally. Yeah. Like massively. I'm, I'm an absolute control freak as well. When it comes to, to Google ads, like I'm, I'm, very, very, very granular with the way that we set things up. And I want to get granular with how I'm making my changes. I mean, when we we're obviously starting out, well, when I was starting out in Google ads back in the day, it would be a case of like, really like segmenting out keywords based on the performance and then making individual bids based on what the KPIs were and things like that. That in essence is, is what Google's doing for you. So it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a lot of trust. And I think that, that's something that we struggle as people who have got a lot of experience in the old way of doing things struggle to to do with the with the new one. I think the other thing as well is we're dealing with a, a platform and an AI which has all of our competitors' data on it. It has all the other the Google Ads advertisers' data on it, and it understands what the other bids are. So, is it necessarily a bad thing to allow the the tool that is making our changes? do it when it knows what everyone else is doing, basically.
0: Yeah. And and so long as we're not setting it and then ignoring it for six months, you know, so we're keeping an eye on it, we're improving things where we can and so forth. If you're able to put something in place that protects your spend, brings you results at a good return on investment or a good return on advertising spend, ROAS, and that frees up time from a lot of the tedium that is the the control freakery on uh, on Google Ads, so that you've got more time to spend improving ads, improving landing pages, expanding strategies beyond you know the far far low end of the funnel. Then it, overall, it can only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, certainly. And I, and I always think of it like it's a, if it was a, a plane and you were on autopilot it still needs a pilot to drive it. It still needs you to steer the strategy. It still needs you to communicate what's going on to the client or you to communicate what's going on to your marketing director or or the CEO of a business. And And like I was saying, there's different levels of automation, like there's the maximized clicks and there's the maximized conversion value, those two different automated strategies should be tying in with the KPIs and it should be tying in with the campaign and what level of the funnel your campaigns are. You're not necessarily going to set like a maximized clicks automation strategy to a campaign you're trying to generate a load of revenue from, for example, it might be that you apply it to a remarketing campaign, or you uh, apply it to um, something you're, you're looking to generate awareness from. So it's you can't just basically go, I'm going to put some keywords in an ad group and turn on the on the Google Ads automation and walk away from it. You do need to strategically do it.
0: There's 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 still strategy. We can't automate the strategy. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> um, so. The first key thing we need to be doing with keywords then, to summarize everything we've been talking about so far, is we need to make sure, A, that our tracking is in place. We're tracking conversions because this isn't going to work if you haven't got that in place. And then give those bidding automations as such a chance, test them out, see how they work on the different parts of your keyword ad strategy. Some of the other changes we've seen recently or fairly recently on Google Ads is a changes to keyword match types which can make quite a fundamental difference to how we structure our account. So what's been happening around keyword match types and how does that affect how we should be managing our activity?
1: So I mean the the kind of core thing that's changed is we there's been a massive move away from two things. One of them is primarily around what the keyword is showing for. Uh, versus kind of it's become more intent focused it's not necessarily like it was back in like 2019 where you'd have a nice list of keywords that you wanted to show ads for you chuck them on exact match and then you would show for the search term all of a sudden it's now focused more on what the intent of that user is what's that user what sites is that user being on previously what are the types of searches that user is is making google now understands a lot more about the user and understands more about the searches that people are making which is why it claims that it was a good move to change from this whole kind of keyword the search term equals keyword equals what the ad's going to show and more like what does the customer actually want or what does the user actually want to see and secondly it's moved away from using like broad match modifier which is what everyone has has kind of been using who has been obviously involved in in PPC for a long time. A lot of our campaigns have historically been built out with broad match modifier and then an exact match campaign. Everything now is all about phrase.
0: For everyone listening, broad match modifier, and Alex, correct me if I get this wrong, this is when you do keyword with a plus sign at the end of it, isn't it? Uh,
1: Plus at the start of every single...
0: I knew I was going to get it wrong. (laughs) So, Alex, broad match modifier is...
1: It's basically a, a a kind of tighter version of broad match. So essentially, if you were going to bid on the search term iPhone and you put a broad match modifier on it, it would allow you to have keyword iPhone and then some broader terms around it. Whereas now, everything is essentially focused on phrase match, which is a, a lot, a kind of essentially, historically, phrase match would be your keyword, and then whatever search terms, either side of it. So you would be capturing the phrase of the of the search. Whereas now the phrase match is a lot more like broad match modifier, essentially, where you can bring in other search queries based on the intent of the user. So if that user has actually made a search and they'd made previous searches, which were kind of similar to the one that you're bidding on, you'll now show an ad for it.
0: Got it. Now for anyone who's going keyword match types, so we've got broad is just where you put a keyword in. So just the word. Uh, This is what it looks like when you're putting in keyword list. Broad match modifier is a plus sign and then the word without a space. Then we have phrase, which is with um, double quotation marks, either end of the word or phrase. And exact is with square brackets which may have had some light bulbs going off in the listeners. Some are going, why on earth did you bother doing that? Everybody must know what that is, surely. And others of you going, what? There's types? I never knew. So hopefully I've not alienated too many of you and hopefully I've got some of you excited with that. So with all that that's going on, I'm guessing first and foremost, we need to be looking at our search query reports and adding negatives more often. Is there anything else we should be doing?
1: I think the, the main thing is... And the, the massive thing around search query reports now is that people need to be adding negative keywords to their exact match, which is like again, it's like I was saying, blowing. it is yeah. So you would have historically thought that if you bid on a keyword and it's an exact match, you will show for that. It's not as easy as that because of this everything where it's not necessarily focused on the actual keyword itself. Google actually defines it now as the same meaning or same intent. And that same intent is the big change. Like what defines intent is a subjective thing.
0: It's kind of like if I'm bidding on, if I put in the exact match e-commerce podcast and Google decides the intent is the same as someone searching for e-commerce audiobook. Yeah. I don't want to turn up for audiobook, but you can see why Google would think they're the same thing. So I've got to make sure I'm adding the negative audiobook yeah. to to that that activity just to give a really obvious example but <laughs> how often would you recommend going in and looking at those search query reports and doing the what we call keyword sculpting and adding in those negatives
1: again it, it i think it like depends on the size of the the account um and how granular like i was saying at the start like i'm a pretty granular person when it comes to all this stuff like we'll usually with our team at, at push on usually make sure that we're going in daily to to look at stuff it depends if you're getting like Ten clicks a day, or if you're getting a hundred clicks a day, and what the performance is, and also I'd say like it depends on the infancy of the account. Like that's obviously a, a massive <laughs> yeah. thing. Like it, like it, like you've just given a brilliant example there. And again, historically, you wouldn't have had to to do that to an exact match campaign. You wouldn't need to add in audiobook when you're a podcast. But because of the way things have have changed, and because of that change to to intent. I'd say you have to do it really frequently now, but once you get it, and once you get the kind of core negatives in your campaign, I would say that's when you potentially don't have to jump in as much, but definitely at the start, when you're building out your campaigns, I'd be in there like every single day, essentially.
0: Well, yeah, and those core negatives, you know, having a list that you automatically put in place on every campaign as a matter of course is, you know, essential. So it's like down in the e-commerce, it tends to be things like download, free, yeah. secondhand. Google will show you for those <laughs> if you don't tell him not to. Um, yeah. So you know, and then you'll find there's a, there's others which which you're always applying you know, and if you're always applying them, add them at the campaign level, not at the ad group level and make them part of your campaign, um, set process. Anyway, that's Chloe's rant on that we'll get away <laughs> from. Um, Alex, the other big thing, so they're changing all our keywords and our targeting. They're also changing our ads. So what's happening to keyword ads that we need to know about?
1: So I think, it was probably around 2016. We, I think, some probably correct me on that, but it was around <laughs> six 2016-17. We basically had to roll out expanded text ads, and those expanded text ads were a move away from standard text ads and and or standard search ads, and they were basically. Allowed us to add on additional headlines. I think they added allows us to add on like a path one, a path two, which is just after the URL at the top. Um, and they add allows us to to add on a, an additional description line, which is brilliant. It massively helped with um, engagement rate of ads. It massively helped sell the businesses. It massively helps sell products, services, everything like that. But now what's rolled out is what's responsive search ads. So tying in with automation again and tying in with everything that's that's kind of changing around Google, getting more control, what we're able to do now is add in multiple headlines and uh, multiple descriptions and basically give Google the opportunity to select which ones that they're going to show. Now, fortunately, for control freaks like ourselves, they, <laughs> they allow us to pin particular headlines in particular descriptions so you can make sure that you have a headline that will always show in the first position or make sure you've got a headline that will always show in the second position so you do get a bit of control back which is good but this needs to be rolled out because it might it might even be february i'm not 100 sure but you're not going to be able to change your old expanded text ads it's just going to be responsive moving forward
0: yeah, Google is forcing us all to use the responsive text ads for our search activity, which means I think that that rollout's coming in a couple of months time from what I can remember, which means now is the time to start testing and learning about this new format. And if you're creating anything new, please create it with yeah. um, a responsive search ad because that's what you're going to be being forced to use. So any uh, I guess Understanding that pinning is quite important. Yeah. Um. Anything? Any other particularly useful tips you can give us around making those responsive search ads work or text ads work even?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think the main one is kind of tying in with what. We've all done as well previously with like what would be called like a SCAG setup, single keyword ad group setup. So a lot of people historically would select a keyword and then they would uh, put that in a single, let's have a single keyword ad group, and then they would have say three variations of a of an advert. What this does is it allows us to apply. You could still have that set up if you wanted to. It would be quite complicated now based on the whole, everything I was saying about intent and how broad exact match keywords are and how broad our keywords are becoming. But you can still have that kind of single keyword ad group structure if you'd like. But I would only say use one responsive search ad. Um, And if you are going to do that, make sure that you're pinning the keyword that you're using as your headline one. Because that would be the same as if you had an expanded text ad and you were going to write it as um, headline one, headline two, headline three to match your keyword, essentially. So it still can be done. I don't think everyone should undo all of their single keyword ad groups, but I wouldn't be spending a lot of time writing three responsive search ads per keyword. Because considering the volume of headlines you can have per keyword, you will be there all day. And I'm sure you would lose a bit <laughs> of creativity with it.
0: Yeah, this is one of those areas where the Google's changes and the way they're they're wanting to take control of optimizing the ads should save us some time. Yeah. Theoretically. Um so if we're not if we're starting out something from scratch and traditionally we'd have we'd have used single keyword ad groups, what would you do now? Would you have one ad group per product? rather than multiple single keyword ad groups per product?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of, especially I'd say in the the kind of B2B or even service industry, a lot of um, campaigns we're setting up now are essentially one service per ad group and then focusing on some strong keywords that you know that you could have a bit of flex either side of them and then basically kind of whittling down to some of the keywords you think are actually driving new revenue or driving new leads or, or anything like that. I think that it's certainly not a good idea to move away completely from a structure where you are focusing on like some high funnel keywords and some mid tier and then some low funnel keywords. But I think you definitely strip it back a bit more now and, Maybe focus on a smaller group rather than hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of keywords because Google is going to do a bit of the heavy lifting for you now because it has a, a bit more of a broadness to to some of the exact match um, keywords that you've got in there.
0: I suppose that, that's one of the benefits of this new match type is that we can spend even less time generating keywords because of the intent bit, Google's going to highlight our blind spots to us. Yeah, which
1: is going to save a lot of time. Exactly. And even like the example you said before, like you've got people who might be searching for e-commerce, audio book. And yes, that, that might be a completely irrelevant term for you. However... Google might have understood that person's search history. They might have done about 50 searches before that that were e-commerce podcasts and different e-commerce podcasts that they were searching for. So yes, it might seem like an irrelevant term, but the user they're actually sending to you is potentially really relevant. So it's a it's a real toss-up at the moment between like, okay, that, that, that historically would be a really bad keyword, but the user actually might not be that bad. So it's just all about understanding the, I know you are saying before, tracking and conversions. Is that person converting on that keyword? And that's
0: what it always comes down <laughs> to, is that person converting on that keyword. Okay, thank you, Alex. We are going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we are going to uh, hit the insider tips round. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time. Guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Alex, so far we've gone deep into keyword ads. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Google ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Google ads, which of course does include keywords. Alex, are you ready for these?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success?
1: So I guess what I was kind of touching on before about simplicity. So I think that like as a platform Oh, like Google Ads is massively overwhelming. They've obviously changed the the actual interface itself multiple times. Like it took me a while to even transition to to the new one. And there's actually a, a simpler version that is your kind of like default view when you when you go on it. And I think that my number one tip is is to initially. Start simple because Google will help you along the way. There are levels of automation that it will bring in, which will allow you to focus on some other things and it will allow you to kind of focus on, well, give you a bit more insight into into some of the other keywords. Or even if you're building out shopping campaigns, you don't necessarily have to put up like your entire feed. There might be a case of just setting up a couple of products because it will give you a lot of information to start with. With that though, what's massively important and probably the, the biggest number one tip is to ensure that you've got your goal tracking set up and got your basically your your conversion set up. Now, one of the things that kind of gets gets flagged a lot is what Google is defining as like an engaged landing page view or an engaged session and, and kind of like reading into it a lot. Recently, what they're kind of defining as that is someone that's been on the site for 10 seconds. And I don't think any of us are buying anything in ten seconds, um, or any of us are doing anything necessarily meaningful within ten seconds. So I think one of the the, the first things I would do once you've got your Google, your Google Ads set, um, account set up is build out those conversions, which are not necessarily like a transaction, or they're not necessarily a lead form completion, but they are things like stayed on the site for two minutes, stayed on the site for five minutes, or viewed five pages, or viewed four pages, or definitely like have visited the cart page and stuff like that. You're kind of like micro conversions, I'd say. Once you've got them and you've designed what like your perfect customer would be if they hit X, Y, and Z conversion, then begin to start to ramp up your account because then at least you know if it's your beginning with a small amount of keywords or a small amount of products, you know that if they are hitting the goals that you set, you are getting the right type of traffic.
0: Nice, I like that get those goals sorted. I suspect there's quite a lot of people going, oh, I haven't set those up and I'm spending quite a lot of money with Google. So you guys can go and do it too. Um, okay. Once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance?
1: Again, I think touching on on what I, what I was saying before, like it's definitely making sure that you've got everything set up from a, a goal perspective. I also am... You, if you're if you're new to it and you your accounts quite in its infancy i'm a big fan of looking at what your competitors are doing if you're showing against um, a number of your your competitors on on from a search perspective i always advise kind of like looking on sem rush are they spending big and if they're spending big they must be just doing something that is probably working. So what can you learn from that? Is it that their landing pages are, are quite strong or content rich or something like that? And then seeing maybe what little tweaks you could do better at. Like I'm always the one for don't copy, do better um, approach really. And then kind of understanding that because if you've got an idea of what good looks like, then that's gonna help you kind of get, get to the next stage. I think, again, kind of like talking about putting you against other people in the results and things like that, I'm a massive advocate for people who take things like the psychology of what you are seeing from a, a search ad or how does that search ad play into your emotions and and things like that. So when we've got these responsive search ads and we've got so much freedom and so much opportunity to put headlines and descriptions in, really kind of be a bit cutthroat with, okay, is this actually going to prove useful for the the customer or is this going to be engaging for the customer? And then look at the engagement rates on it. If it's not engaging and it's not doing anything, change it. You've got the option to.
0: Yeah. Hone your copywriting skills, everybody. Yeah. That's if you do nothing else in 2022, hone your copywriting skills because creative is all. Um, if someone listening wants to learn more about Google Ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend?
1: I'm a massive into podcasts, which is why this is obviously a lot of fun for me. And I think the the kind of podcast which I've, I've listened to for years is a paid search podcast. It's an American one. And pretty sure it comes out on a weekly basis as well. But those guys like do a deep dive every single week for an hour into basically everything that you need to know. And uh, there's a lot of Q&As on it and things like that. No one understands Google Ads fully apart from Google themselves. So we're all kind of like in this together, trying to work out what's the best way to make it work for our clients. And those guys do a really good job of it.
0: Nice. That is a top recommendation. Because we we're just doing five episodes on it here, and we are barely skimming the surface, <laughs> everyone. So uh, that's a properly top recommendation. That was the paid search podcast. Also. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to twelve months that we should be getting ready for?
1: I've spoken a lot about automation. That's going to be a a, a huge focus from from Google over over the next kind of like, well, at least next year it's going to be even bigger. I think they said like 80% of all advertisers now are, are automated. One of the things I think we, we need to be prepared for and we're already seeing, in it, seeing it at the moment is the rise in CPCs. There's the cost of a a, a click has, has massively gone up. Like we're seeing more advertisers in the space than ever. I was reading a, um, an article recently about, especially in the in the in the property market at the moment, that and the property kind of side of Google Ads, their cost of per click of a lot of their keywords has, has gone up. So I think what we've got to do to kind of counteract that is first understand the types of competitors that are in the space, and then also really 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 make sure that if we're driving traffic to the site, it's good and we're reducing waste as much as possible and also look at those quality scores. Cause the quality scores are going to be kind of like your one opportunity to, to bring down the CPC where possible. And, It is a bit of a, you get a lot of people say, I've only got a 10 out of 10 quality score on on everything I do. That's not necessarily true. I wish it was. (laughs) Um, But it's understanding what we can do to improve that quality score because when things are going up and things are getting more expensive and there's more options out there for the customer via different advertisers, the best thing that we can do is focus on the landing pages, make sure that they're engaging, make sure that they're relevant to the, the ads, and that'll help bring down quality score and reduce costs.
0: Or even increase quality score and reduce cost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, was saying, I love that thing you said about um, people who claim they've got all their keywords at 10 out of 10 quality score. That always makes me think, well, you haven't got a big enough account then,
1: yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, or you're just bidding on your own brand. <laughs>
0: yes, very easy. I could easily create an account that had all 10 out of 10, but yeah. it would be a bad account. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, um, Alex, before we go off on one um, about Google ad strategies, um, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let listeners know a bit more about Push On and you and where they can find you guys um, on the net, please?
1: Sure. So, um, yeah, like you're saying, we're an e-commerce agency currently based in Manchester, um, Edinburgh and Bristol. Um, I'm currently actually in the... Edinburgh office, as I, as I record this, the business itself has a lot of experience in Magento, a lot of experience in e-commerce, and and that's kind of our, our, our bread and butter. At the moment, we are split between development and marketing, which is great. We build a lot of really, really, really good websites, and we do a lot of really, really good marketing on those websites and also for, for our clients. Like I said, I'm based in Edinburgh at the moment and we're looking to grow that side of the business at the moment. So it's one of the reasons that, that I've moved up here is because we understand that there's a need for for Scottish clients to, to have someone and have a have a face to the name when it comes to that side of it. So always open to a conversation up there.
0: And what's the best website for people to go to to find out more?
1: About Push On? It'd be pushon.co.uk.
0: There you go, guys. Easy as that. Okay, (laughs) Alex, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast today and being so generous sharing your Google Ads expertise with us. You've just given us all a massive to-do list, which is perfect. So, thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much, Chloe. So, a proper in-depth review there of what's happening with keyword ads, which basically means everything's been changing over the last couple of years. So, your keywords themselves are more broad than they used to be, however you set them up. So the keyword sculpting, the adding of the negatives by looking at the search query reports to see what you shouldn't be coming up on, absolutely essential. You're tracking on your website, all those different goals um, Alex was talking about, utterly essential because that is what Google's using to do all all those automations, which can save you time and make you money, but you've got to be feeding it the right data. You need the goals set up right. And then get ready for the responsive text ads that are coming our way or that are there already. That's what you should be setting up and getting used to right now. You can get links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. There you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar. Yes, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our Google Ads specialists to join us for a live Q&A session. It's going to be your chance to get your questions answered. To sign up for that, just go to keepoptimizing.com and you'll find out all the details. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, then do check out episode 88, where I'm chatting with Laura about creating the perfect conversion funnel with Google Ads, because it's really going to help you build on what we've been talking about in this episode and how to add the other Google Ads elements alongside your keyword setup to improve your overall performance. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in Google Ads at the moment, please do let them know we're covering it as this show exists to help you and them improve their marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at KeepOptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.